All right, friends, a little bit of a new format. Doug is tied up working, and we want to try to keep it as consistent as we can. So you've got me with a pretty poor cup of coffee, uh, a Keurig, because I don't have an espresso at the gym and a set of headphones. I'm sitting here in my puffy coat because it's cold and it's winter, but we're going to keep the podcast rolling. And when Doug can jump in, uh, we're going to keep doing that and enjoy that because uh, Doug's the man. But in the meantime, I wanted to keep this going um, for sake of consistency, but also just to help continue to answer some questions. We've had some cool ones in the, the past week or so, which have been really interesting and I think really valuable to talk about. So we'll kind of dive right in on the question that Kevin Sarkella sent us. And so Kevin is a member of our online community. Um, And brings up a really good point. Some things that I think are um, really prominent now in the fitness industry. Uh, There's a big, I think, maybe it's because of my age. Or maybe it's the Instagram algorithm that's pushing it toward me. I don't know. But uh, I feel like more and more there's conversation around longevity. um, What it is to be strong and what it is to uh, have aerobic fitness. And there's um, different types of scales that you can look at or assessments of the aerobic threshold or your VO2 max that you might have now in correlation to how you will feel as you're in your 70s and 80s and strength numbers you should have and all sorts of stuff. So I think that's a big push. And I also think that uh, you hear a lot of people talking about zone two training as well. So for those of you guys that don't know, zone two is typically Uh, The type of training that is more cyclical, it doesn't have to be, but most commonly it's cyclical. So riding a bike, running, rowing, zone two is uh, generally like a really easy pace. So if you guys are used to pushing the pace, having this kind of high intensity workout, it will feel exceptionally slow and monotonous and boring. Uh, For some of us, depending on what our aerobic threshold is, it might even be like a brisk walk. Uh, but it's a conversational pace. Another good way to think of it or assess that would be if you are training or doing one of those activities, and you can do that with nasal breathing only, that's a way to think of it. Um, another option, and I was just talking to Matt Chan, a buddy of mine, about this, is kind of taking a, your your heart rate, a max heart rate of 185 and subtracting your age from that is another way to sort of assess, loose, loosely based. Um, But at any rate, this is generally a really slow, easy pace. Um, And yes, there are absolutely benefits to aerobic training there and increasing that helps aid in fat loss because of the longer duration nature. Uh, But Kevin is asking us a pretty cool question because he's done CrossFit and all sorts of other stuff. Kevin, it sounds like you are like me. Um, He's got a lot of sports that he's doing. So he says, as far as podcast topics, I'd love to hear the discussion around the following then he dives into some sports that he says. He says, I want to be as fit as possible for ice hockey, backcountry skiing, also downhill skiing. For those of you guys that don't know, backcountry skiing typically involves um, hiking up. So skinning up the mountain so you can ski down. Hiking and trail running, backcountry hunting, hiking with a heavier pack, off-road dirt biking in the hard enduro fashion, golf and others. Kevin, awesome life, my friend. Um, talks about how he's read the book Training for the Uphill Athlete by Steve House and Killian Jornet, and uh, how those are considered to be, you know, essentially the premier uh, resource in the mountain athlete community. 
Kevin is a strong believer in the CrossFit methodology, has been uh, since introduced in 2009. He's been inconsistent over the past years, but stuck with it very consistent over 18 months. Um, as Kevin explains, he's uh, understands that CrossFit is based around GPP and loves that, but he does struggle with the, the things taught in the book around zone one and two training, that almost all athletes are deficient in their aerobic capacity and how 80% of your training should be in zone one or two to increase your aerobic threshold. Um, and then also admitting that that might be turning into a specialist where we don't want to be the person that, you know, can't do a pull up and back squat, you know, 135, but you're great at zone two training. Um, so really Kevin kind of revisits this and is saying, Hey, what's the best way to be a beast at high aerobic threshold training, uh, going uphill in the mountains and strong in a GPP sense. So I'm going to correlate this a little bit to what you guys might know uh, more readily, or it might feel more familiar. So if you've been around the strength community, it's likely that you've heard of Westside Barbell. So Westside Barbell provides what's called the conjugate system. And this provides, creates some of the strongest athletes in the world in regards to power lifts. And their principle or their methods are generally that they have two max effort days per week and two dynamic effort days per week. So a max effort would then be them going for a true one rep max effort lift. And then that would be followed by accessory work. You're typically going to have an upper body and a lower body split throughout the week. But a dynamic effort day is where they're focused on speed on the barbell and this is at much lower percentages and typically has the use of bands. So there's two schools of thought. And I heard this from Chris Mason, who I worked with years ago to help me try to increase size for the CrossFit Games, is some people that do the conjugate system are huge believers that the dynamic effort day helps them create speed on the bar, which can translate to their max effort, right? So those two separate training days complement one another, one being max effort, helping you develop the ability to lift that weight, dynamic effort that you can recruit that muscle for speed to apply to that. Other people, and Chris Mason was in this camp, and I admittedly kind of fall into this as well, will say, hey, I think that the dynamic effort day actually just helps you recover more from the max effort day allowing you to have more recovery, more adaptation, therefore be able to push again on the consecutive max effort days. So let's think of it that way with zone two training and maybe the world that we're familiar with, right? So if you want to say CrossFit, functional fitness, high intensity training, whatever that might be. I do agree with you, Kevin, uh, in that book that most people do have a deficiency in aerobic training, right? So our aerobic threshold that we are limited in that and we can absolutely improve that, right? Um, however, some of what Kevin was saying is that when he's done extensive stints of zone two training, um, he writes this, so I'll quote him. He says, the bottom line is that I've done stints of extensive zone two training four to five times a week for three to four months and noticed a significant improvement from that in almost all of the sports I do, except for golf, which is more mobility driven. Um, end of quote, right? So you can find that people that start to implement more zone two training, especially if they've been doing something like CrossFit for a long time or lifting cycles for a long time, 
could potentially have increases in strength. And part of my belief behind that is honestly that second version of the conversation we talked about with the conjugate side is that it aids in recovery. So instead of you going to the gym, smashing your head into the ground, burning it down day after day, let's say that you go to the gym, doing a CrossFit style workout or doing lifting, and you change that from five consecutive days in a row to three days where in between those you have a zone two training, that's going to help with your recovery more than anything. Um, There is some argument that you could say, this is so nerdy, that uh, zone two training can help develop slow twitch muscle fibers, which would contribute to one rep max effort lifts. I don't think most of us are going to fall into that category though, because I think a lot of us um, are still in kind of an intermediate weightlifting category in the grand scheme of things. So when it comes to zone two training, I absolutely think that it plays a role. Um, But I think that when you think about its ability to help you in performance with things like strength training or high intensity work, it helps aid with recovery. So if we think of its use in that application, um, Kevin, I think that's where you would see that benefit of feeling better when you're playing things like ice hockey, um, even possibly like the the hard enduro type stuff on the dirt bike, because I noticed this as well. Generally, it's like pretty mellow and then like you crash or you do a hill climb and you end up, you know, with your dirt bike upside down and uh, gas pouring out all over you <laughs> and you're instantly anaerobic as you're fil- picking up your dirt bike. Um, so it can help with recovery for those things. Uh, and then obviously, if we're doing zone two training, and we'll stick with Kevin's example or questions, um, you know, backcountry hunting, uh, hiking or trail running, backcountry skiing, these are long duration efforts. And these are typically the things that we're not going to see in our traditional CrossFit pr- programming, especially, and I'm saying this to you as an affiliate owner, um, if we're just going to class, right? Reason being is most zone two work is 60 to 90 minutes. Now you guys can try to do the math and figure out how to fit that into a class hour. Also, if you have people that are coming in the gym on different days throughout the week and the only days they can come are zone two days, maybe it's doing a disservice to the community, just like if the only days they could come would be strength days and not just our standard kind of multifaceted, multimodality training. Um, So all that to be said, as we dive into this topic, and it will get to like the heart of your question, right? If there was one question, what's the best way to be a beast at having high aerobic threshold going uphill in the mountains and strong in GPP sense? Kevin, I think you're kind of on it a little bit, right? Is saying, hey, I would really encourage you to keep your GPP at three days a week, and then your zone two at two, possibly three days a week. And the reason I say that, you'll hear all sorts of different stuff out there, guys, um, especially with like Atia and Huberman and things like that, where it would be um, four days of zone two and two days of high intensity and all, all sorts of different things. But if I think about the personality that we have, and if I think about the community that's listening to this and what we enjoy, chances are you guys like to do CrossFit or workouts like that. Chances are you like to work hard and have high intensity. Chances are you like to lift weights and you've been doing it for a while and you don't want to lose those gains. And in some cases you might want to see gains in those areas. So 
the way that I lay out my week, and this is just food for thought, right? Is I have one day a week where I'm dedicated to just strength training only. And that is where I only lift, no conditioning at all. And then I choose another generally two, possibly three days during the week where I will allow myself to really flip the switch, go hard and have those higher intensity mixed modality workouts. So that gives me another roughly three days to tinker with. The two other days I would be looking at, longer duration, more zone two work, just like we discussed, and then a, a flat out rest day where I'm doing nothing at all. Um, now I say that having tried to experiment that with that as it's been challenging because it's not how my brain works. Um, I'm really used to the really high intensity stuff every single day, but I will say that my body does feel much better. Um, and it's allowing me to do other things. So I've just started dabbling in jujitsu, which has been really fun. Um, but if I'm doing a day of training like that, I might couple that with one of the zone two days instead of a really highly intense workout that I might traditionally do where I'm slinging barbells around or crushing myself on the echo bike, things like that. So you can kind of allocate those throughout your week on what you find really helpful. Um, so man, I feel like that's a lot of information. I miss Doug being here to chime in, um, but he will be back. Uh, so that, Kevin, hopefully gives you some advice in a nutshell, right? And then depending on the season that you're in or any of you guys, feel free to experiment with that. Have some fun with it, right? Um, I would really encourage you not to feel so locked in to feeling like you have to have intensity every day out of fear of losing what you've gained. Uh, in most cases, I would say people that step back a little bit on the intensity and they still hit that two, three times a week and they have other days that are lower intensity on purpose and they go in with that intention, a lot of people actually feel a lot better and they start to see results again on their lifts and those higher intensity workouts. And like I said at the start, I really believe it's because it's help aiding in recovery, allowing you to go harder on those days when you choose to do so. Um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. And I haven't even had a sip of my bad coffee because uh, I've just been rambling the entire time. But um, I'm going to stick with my fake sponsor, Nespresso, even though Doug's not here. In honor of you, I'm toasting Doug with my poor Keurig coffee. Sorry, Keurig. Um, so my fake Nespresso coffee with some Bub's Halo creamer in it, man, just top notch, the best it could be. Um, well, we keep rolling on these and doing some shorter podcasts if it's just me and I'd love to answer any questions. If you are in-house with us at Park City Fit in person, you have questions, shoot us a review, let us know, or you can ask me in person, but that doesn't help the reviews on iTunes and Spotify. I forgot we're on Spotify, so I have to look on there for some questions there as well. Um, but otherwise, send us a review, ask us some questions. We'll be happy to dig in and uh, hopefully keep it lighthearted, not too nerdery, and uh, give you some good insight. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. See ya.